this morning want to share with you about restoring joy. I just wonder how long has it been since you've had real joy in your heart and your life? You know, I worked together to try to get an outline on your sermon card this morning. Pastor, do you know that you can get in trouble just simply from preaching a sermon? Just from things. Did you know that? You haven't ever experienced that. I thought I could teach you something from an older pastor, you know, that you could learn. <laughs> Sometimes you can. My wife, if you've got your card there, you may notice the first statement that I put there, the second one. My wife suggested that I start with point one and just forget that other thing that I put up there, but we'll get to that in a moment. We're going to be looking at Psalms 51 to begin with this morning, and so if you follow along in your Bible, uh, I'm not sure what all translations we have, but uh, the psalmist David comes to this particular psalm, and he shares with us out of a broken heart. David had committed a couple of very serious sins and been caught at it. It had been called out to his heart and to his life, and he realized that, and he recognized it. This is kind of a psalms of repentance, but yet it's a psalm, I think, for all of us to, to think on today. And so we'll look at this, uh, first of all, the first, uh, I think, 11 verses uh, out of this. It says, uh, my translation, Be gracious to me, O God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion. Blot out my rebellion, wash me with my, away from my guilt, cleanse me from my sin, for I am conscious of my rebellion, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you're right with your, when you pass sentence, you're blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful in my, when my mother conceived me. Surely you desire integrity in the inner self and teach me wisdom within the deep. Purify me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness and let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Turn your face away from my sins and blot out my guilt. God, create a clean heart for me, a renewed steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. And so we begin with that thought of that particular Psalms in our mind. I, I put that statement up there uh, that I was sitting in my chair doing nothing and my wife came and stood in front of me and I, now my recommendation for you is not to fill that blank in. <laughs> just to have your thought in your mind, your wife, your husband, or whatever you may have done, and I'm certainly not going to confess anything to that. So anyway, uh, David was aware of this situation, and the first step in, in restoring joy is to deal with a sin, and so that's where David is. I can imagine his crushed spirit whenever he comes. David was a man of God, and God had used him greatly, but yet he comes with the sin that he had committed and the, being confronted with it and realized how wrong it was, and, and so he, he's trying to find that cleansing from that sin. He had lost all of his joy, and sin does that for us, folks. You know, when was the greatest joy you ever had in your life? It may have been the day you walked down this aisle or wherever it was and you gave your heart and life to Jesus. 
I remember years ago, I was saved in North Orange Baptist Church down in Orange, Texas, and my dad was driving a bus for the church at that time. I remember that as a kid. I was on that bus, and, and one Sunday I was riding with him, and we were taking people home from church. And I can remember to this day, a gentleman got out of that bus, and he ran, and he lived in an apartment, and there was a row of small, like, 33-gallon garbage cans out there. And that man was running to his house, and he jumped over those garbage cans, and he was hollering at the top of his voice, I've been saved, I've been saved. (laughs) I mean, he had real joy in his heart and life. But look at us today. Saved 50, 60 years. Are you still saved? Huh? (laughs) Have you got joy in your heart? I mean, today, every day with Jesus ought to be sweeter than the day before. We should come to this place with real joy in our hearts and our lives saying, I'm saved. I'm gathered with the family of God. I'm away from the world and all the distractions and the problems and the troubles. And I've come together as a family to pray together, to support each other. I may come brokenhearted, but my family's going to be there to lift me up and to strengthen me and help me to make it through this next week. Well, sin's a very hurtful thing. And the first thing to come back to true joy is to deal with the sin. The first step to dealing with sin, uh, to deal with that. And sin does certain things. Sin sticks. You know, it stays with us. You can try to ignore the sin in your life and saying, well, that happened a long time ago. I'm not going to really worry about that. Yeah, that's there. But I'm just going to let it stay in the back of my mind. I'm really not going to deal with that. And it'll go away on its own. It doesn't do that, folks. David had sinned before and it had let it go and he was hoping it wouldn't be found out. But he was confronted with that because it stuck with him. And so he had to deal with it. Not only does it stick, it stinks. Have you ever gone to that cabinet and opened it up and you smelt something that didn't quite smell right? And you went to the pantry and something just wasn't right there and you found that rotten potato or rotten onion. And we're not even going to talk about that bottom shelf in your refrigerator when you pull that thing out and say, what in the world is that? Well, sin stinks, folks, in our life. We can try to act like we're polished up and nobody's going to know it, but it stinks in our life. We need to deal with it. And then sin also stains. David's life was stained with the sin that he had committed, and, and he realized it, and it was showing to others. I have one shirt that, an advertisement for Tommy Hilfiger, I guess. Don't know where I got it, how I got it, but anyway. And it's got a red, this one's got a little B on it, but it had a big red H over here on it. And every time I wore that shirt to the church that I pastored on a fellowship night whenever we would eat a meal, there was one lady, bless her heart, I hope she's not listening on TV. Where's the camera back there? But anyway, She would come to me after every meal and she knew that shirt. She knew good and well, but she'd say, you got ketchup on your shirt. No, that's an H for Tommy Hilfiger. This costs money to have that on there. It's not ketchup on there. But sin stains, folks. It stains our heart and our life and our witness and our testimony. David's life was stained because of the sin he had committed and he was willing to deal with it. Who is our sin against? 
David, in this passage of Scripture that I just read, was talking about a sin that he had committed in the world, but yet he comes and said, against you, you only, Lord, have I sinned. You know, you may look around or think in your heart and your mind, well, you know, that person there, I, I, I can't get along with them. There's a problem here or this or that. And these things that we can see in the Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but it's principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. David came and said, my sin that I committed is against you, O Lord. It's Jesus Christ who died on the cross to pay for our sins all of our sins that we've committed, those that may be in your heart right now that you're thinking against someone else that you know or see or done, that sins against God because Jesus is the only way to get forgiveness of our sins. He died on the cross. It's his precious blood that cleanses us from sin. And so we need to recognize all of us today that our sins, everything that you've done, whatever it may be, is against God himself, not against someone else. David came to that recognition, that realization that all my sin is against God. Let me ask you today, where's your focus in life today? Uh, you know, that statement that I created up there and said, uh, I was sitting in my chair doing nothing and my wife came and stood up in front of me and I, see all the eyes in there? We can begin to focus on self, can't we? We can focus on the problems of life and all. Uh, you, got a, you got my Jeep up there? <laughs> Thank you. That focus right there, that's my little Jeep that I'm so proud of. 192,044 miles. Gasp. <laughs> I can focus on that or this other photo of my Jeep. Nice, isn't it? Whenever I bought that Jeep, it was a rust red color. Now it's a red rust color. <laughs> but you know, I can focus on that and say, oh, poor pitiful me, you know, how, how terrible is this? Or I can say, I can get in that thing and it, believe it or not, still runs. And I can come and visit a hospital and go do these different things and all that. But our focus in life depends a lot about what we accomplish and what we do. Uh, the opening statement was all wrong because I was focusing on me and that's why I didn't fill in the blank. You can be here today sitting here and say, I don't have any joy, but it's because of other people and because of what he did or they did or he did or something else and that. But, but we let that happen when our focus becomes on something else. And the psalmist comes before this passage of Scripture and shares these words with us to say, Lord, my focus was on myself and my joy and my pleasure and trying to cover my sins, but I realize all my sin is against you, O Lord. And I want to come and confess and ask you to cleanse me and, and remove that sin from me. And so he knew he needed to deal with sin. Folks, the first thing we need to do, each of us, is to deal with the sin in our own lives and to get cleansing from that. The passage of Scripture shares with us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19, if we just think about this world only, it says, if in this life only 
we have hope in Christ, we're a people most pitied, that translation, or most miserable. Folks, if our focus is just only in this world, our hope in Christ is only for this world, we're miserable. Have you crossed any people that are miserable lately? There's a lot of people in the world that are miserable. There's a lot of people in America that are miserable because their focus is just on this situation, this thing that's going on, or maybe just in this world. It's so easy to focus on the things of this world and what's going on with us. But the Bible says that we're to look beyond this world. God's got something far greater for us. We need to remove the sin, but anytime you remove something from your life, you need to add something to it. So I would encourage all of us to remove the sin from our life and add service in our life. That we need to be serving the Lord. Our focus needs to be on service, on what God has for us. In our small groups, we've had this study of Job. It's been a great study. Our preacher preached through the book of Job. Pastor did not too long back. But it's been a great study in the book of Job. And we saw that Job was going through all these hardships and problems and struggles and things like that because he was dealing with Satan in hand-to-hand combat. Really, Satan was just dealing with him and struggling with all of that. And so he's, we looked at all the struggles that he had and we realized that, that some here in our own church congregation are dealing with that hand-to-hand struggles with Satan himself. He's battling. Satan is out to destroy. He's out to destroy your family. He's out to destroy marriages and churches and countries, all that he can. He's a destroyer. And sin is an open door to allow that to happen. But we need to change that sin and put it on the service and say, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a work to be done. Whenever we think about Job and all the hand-to-hand combat he had with Satan, but also his friends entered the picture. And his friends came and Job called them miserable comforters because of what they were saying to him. You know, uh, in studying Job, there was something very interesting I noticed in that, that Job himself was dealing with Satan. Satan was just attacking him. But his friends that came to him and were miserable comforters, Satan wasn't dealing with them. They were just miserable comforters. <laughs> and you know what, folks, in our Christian life, we can either be miserable comforters or we can be people that help others turn our hearts and our lives to service, if you will. The rest of this Psalms, we want to look at that because this is where restoring joy comes about. Verse 12, it says, Restore the joy of your salvation to me. Oh, don't we pray for that today. And Give me a willing spirit. Then will I teach rebellious your ways. And sinners will return to you. Save me from the guilt of bloodshed, God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Uh, You do not want sacrifice, or I would give it. You're not pleased with the burnt offerings, but sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit, God, and you will not despise a broken and humbled heart. In your good pleasure, 
cause Zion to prosper. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in righteous sacrifices whose burnt offerings and the bulls will be offered on your altar. Job came to this passage, I mean, David came to this passage of Scripture and says that, Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. If we confess our sins, if you do that today, each one of us individually and get that out of our life, God will restore the joy. Then look what happened to David whenever he said that. He said, Lord, when you restore the joy in my life, then I'll go out and be a witness for you. Then I'll start loving people. Then I'll start sharing your faithfulness and your forgiveness of sins. And then the world will see that and they'll notice that. And people will repent and the righteousness will will get right with God. And the sinners will be saved and, and revival will break out and people will be reached for that. Until we come to that point, each of us, and saying, God, cleanse me of my sins, forgive me of my sin, restore the joy of my salvation. And if you were to leave today with the joy of the salvation fresh in your heart and your life, to be able to share that with someone else, to invite someone to come and know Christ as Lord and Savior, to bring them into the house of the Lord, to worship with us together. I mean, the song service today, Josh and these that sang today just lifted our spirits and talked about the joy of the Lord and serving the Lord. And we need that not just as a song, but something in our heart that we can go out this week and share that with those around us. How long since you've expressed something like that to a neighbor of yours or friend or just a stranger on the street to tell them about the joy of the Lord in your heart, the joy of your salvation. It becomes old and we don't share it anymore. We just take it for granted instead of waking up every day and realizing that God is with us that day. He's going to walk with us. He's going to cleanse us that day. He's going to provide for us. He's going to take care of us and spend that day just in the presence of the Lord and His joy. I like coming to the house of the Lord. I like coming to worship together and being together And in uh, this Psalms, uh, it it shares with us about the joy of the Lord. Service will only come after restoration. When God restores our heart, then service comes. David said, I want to confess my sins, Lord. I want forgiveness of my sin. And when you do that, restore the joy of my salvation. Then David said, I'll go to work for you. We need that joy restored in our hearts and our lives. We need to commit that to the Lord and let him uh, to restore joy. Then I'll share, I'll speak, I'll praise, I'll witness. Psalms 100 today. I want us to look at that. We come to the conclusion today of this passage of Scripture. Psalms 100 says, Shout triumphantly to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that uh, He is God. He's made us, and we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name, for God is good. His love is eternal. His faithfulness endures through all generations. Did we come today into the house of the Lord singing praises? Did you come with a song in your heart and worship in your spirit to meet with a God who walks with us and is with us throughout the day? Service 
folks. We have people that are hurting in our church family. We've got people in our church family that are dealing with all kinds of, of, of strange things that's happened to them and things that are going on with health needs and all kind of things that need a touch from us as a family of God. Don't be like Job's friends and be a miserable comforter, but find ways to reach out and touch and share the joy of Christ and the love of Christ with each other. We don't know how many today, but I assure you that there's many today in this congregation that are here today who's hurting, whose lives are broken, who need a fresh touch, who need a friend to reach out to them, who need just a word of encouragement, just a, just a hug or a touch from us today. And it's all about service. And it only comes once the sin has been forgiven. But the psalmist said, Lord, when you do that, when you restore me, then I'm going to go out and I'm going to share your love and I'm going to reach out into the world and let others see Christ living in me. So as we think about this today, where do you find your heart today? What about that sin? What about that sin that's hidden away that you've forgotten about that's just over someplace in the corner and just God's going to ignore it no he's not it's a sin against God you don't sin against another individual our sins are against God and just to let God take that out and cleanse you from that and restore the joy of your salvation I pray that we can leave this place today with a fresh song in our heart, with a, re a nude, renewed joy in our life because of the touch from the Lord that the psalmist talks about. Restore the joy of my salvation and let us go and share that with others. A place of service. There's all kinds of needs in our church family, people that need encouragement, people that need just a touch, just a word, just a prayer, just a phone call. Let's be that kind of a church. Let's people find that when they come into this place that they're going to be loved and cared for in a very special way. I want us just to bow for a time of prayer. We are going to have an invitation today and an opportunity for you to come and perhaps just pray in this altar to pray for somebody that you know is hurting or pray for your own needs or maybe just like to come today and say, Lord, there's some things in my life that aren't right. There's some sins that are there and I thought it was against someone else, but it's against you. And I want you to cleanse me from that today. I want you to restore the joy of my salvation, Father. It'll come from you. And then I'll begin to teach and praise and witness and share your love with others. Let's bow for prayer. Father, as I come to you today, I just pray that through my stammering effort today that the Spirit of God has touched hearts and lives. Lord, it's so easy to ignore sin in our hearts. It's so easy just to say that sin's not so big, it's not such a big deal and let it just hang in our hearts, but it steals the joy of our salvation. Lord, I pray today that for Oakland Heights Baptist Church today, you would restore the joy of our salvation. The happiest day we've ever had as a Christian, as a believer, could be this day, that joy as we go out and share that with others that are hurting. Our world is full of hurt. Our world is sin-sick and headed down the right path. 
And we are the ones that must take that message of love and Christ's forgiveness and redemption to those around us. Let us do that today, Father. When we restore joy, we'll teach transgressors their ways. We'll love and care as Christ does. Hear our prayer this day, Father. Restore us to full fellowship to joy today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.